This is a sermon given at St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. Visit our website at stdave.org. Before I begin, I want to address that in the beginning of our gospel today, it says um, that they were locked away in fear of the Jews. Um, The more accurate description would be of the Judeans. It was that area and the time that was fraught with struggle, and that is what the disciples were afraid of. That's all I have to say about that. (laughs) But it's important, and what we say matters. So I just wanted to offer you that clarity. The question really is, what do we know about Thomas? What do you know of Thomas? How do we usually view him? Doubting is the doubter. That's the first thing that always comes to our mind. Yeah. How we view these matter deeply, how we view scripture and how we interpret it makes a difference for us. We can see Thomas doubting or we can see Jesus patiently offering evidence of who he actually is. We can see the disciples bumble in denial or we can see the grace of Jesus knowing that they would have a hard time understanding what was happening and patiently walking them through it over and over again (laughs) with clarity. All of these readings for the last several weeks have been this same way. They've been about understanding what's happening, about Jesus explaining and the disciples not getting it or feeling surprised or terrified or just generally confused. At the Last Supper, as Jesus exposed Judas, they saw and were confused. (laughs) As they journey with Christ through miracle after miracle after miracle, they are astounded. As they walk him towards a death he predicted in excruciating detail, Jesus laid down his words for them like a trail, marking each step so that they would know where they'd been with him and that he knew his story. He wanted them to know that he knew his story And he left them a trail like breadcrumbs so they could follow their path back to where they'd spent time with him so they could hear again what he said in their mind's eye. Because each step, each one of them stumbled and struggled and failed to believe along the way. This past Friday's reading had him at the Sea of Tiberias. He showed himself to several of the disciples on the beach and they didn't believe it was him. In fact, this is a theme in the literature of this time. We were reading all of the readings together during Easter week, but the ones that, or the week leading up to Easter week, but the readings of this week, which you probably haven't dipped into, are in this same line, in this same theme. And yesterday's reading was from Mark. It said this, after Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene. She went out and told those who had been with him. But when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they would not believe it. After, he, after this, he appeared in another form to two of them as they were walking into the country. And they went back and told the rest, but they did not believe them. Later he appeared to the 11 themselves as they were sitting at the table and he abraded them for their lack of faith and stubbornness because they had not believed that those who saw him after he had risen. 
And he said to them, go into the world and proclaim the good news to the whole of creation. And they went out and proclaimed the good news everywhere. And it adds, while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by the signs that accompanied it. And then they gaslit Thomas. That's not what it says. <laughs> that's not at all what it says, but that's what happens, right? That's what we remember of this story is how Thomas doubted. The Bible, after all, is literature. Can we agree on that? We hold it as part of our sacred tradition because we can use it as a reference, as a reflection to find where we are now in relation to where we have been historically. We can use scripture as a weapon. That is true. But we can also use it to reconcile ourselves and one another. Our interpretation does that, as does our perspective of humanity both then and now. Our capacity is what we have to focus on, friends, not our limitations. We can view this, Thomas's moment of disbelief, many ways and from entirely different angles. I'll give you a few. And I ask you to notice how each one focus informs what our next steps forward might be. We can dig in and talk about where the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord, and Thomas said to them, unless I put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. First of all, that's gross. <laughs> he wanted to see as they did. He wanted to know what they knew. Maybe he had a bit of FOMO, fear of missing out, in case you don't know that term. This leads us to Thomas being the doubter, right? And so we might be then inclined, our next steps might be to defend him. We could also zoom in on the moment where Jesus breathed spirit onto them. Note that Thomas wasn't there. He wanted to have an experience of Christ risen, as we all do. He articulates what he needs specifically, and then Jesus gives it to him. If we consider this perspective, one of my favorite theologians, Joy Moore, asks, did you mean what you asked for? And were you specific when you asked? It does take time to get an answer, right? For Thomas, it was a week before Christ answered. For us, it's been 2,000 years. Who's counting? <laughs> What did we ask for, though, as proof that the peace of Christ would be with us? Thomas wanted this encounter, too, and that's not unlike how I feel. And I bet you feel a little bit like that, too. We want our encounter. But the question is, what are we going to do once we have it? Will we respond as Thomas did and say, you indeed are my Lord and my God? This leads us to see Thomas as an example. Or we can focus on this part of the gospel where Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but... These are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing, you may have life in his name. 
That is a beautiful part of the gospel. Jesus is offering his disciples real engagement, real presence, real pain. It speaks the very words I hunger to hear, I am with you. I am with you where it hurts. I don't float thousands of feet above reality. Even after death, I dwell in the hot heart of things. Exactly where you dwell. This focus leads us into a relationship with God. And I would say that for me, this focus is my preferred perspective on this gospel, at least for today. Because it's not about Thomas. The story is really about the Messiah and, more importantly, our relationship with the Messiah. This story of ours that we live today is not one of constant and assured evidence, is it? It's also not one of lasting doubt. In fact, it is both evidence and doubt, and evidence and doubt. And what we do with the tension between those two things as a community of disciples means everything. In fact, if we place it, this story, back into the context of the wider scope of the season, we see that it's meant to drive home for us Jesus' presence right here among us now. Because we live in community, we get to run to one another, as Mary did, sharing the news of Christ in our midst. We get to come back here week after week and tell each other what we have seen, where we have been, and what we know now, even if it's fleeting. Even if you have to remind me again that I saw it, that I knew it, because in my humanity, I might forget. And not everyone has that, friends. Not everyone has this experience, this kind of community. And so while we're here together, I would love for you to tell me what breadcrumbs did Christ leave for you? I can tell you this week that I sat with a woman who is in the late stages of Alzheimer's. And that when I asked her if she felt the presence of God, she looked with clarity into my eyes and said, yes. I saw God when uh, my coworker Emily Britz came in my office with a taco and just sat down in my chair because she was exhausted and needed a connection heart to heart just for a moment of reprieve. Loved ones, where did you see God this week? I see God in you here every single week, either with joy in your eyes or tears brimming over. And I am so grateful for each of you and for this community. By faith in Christ, we can receive again and always the word that comes directly from the risen Christ Peace be with you. Amen. 
You can find more lectures and sermons on iTunes by searching for St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas, or visit our website at stdave.org and click on the podcast button.